Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. You can follow us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod and over on Facebook. Give the page over there a like. And if you haven't noticed, we got a little bit of a new look here going on for the Thundercast. We're trying to spice things up for uh, the upcoming one-year anniversary of the show. Uh, Along that note, please make sure you're headed over to the YouTube uh, channel for the Thundercast and give that show or give that page a subscribe because we got some big news coming out probably a little less than two weeks now. We've been talking about it, teasing about it for a little bit, um, and we've got something really cool for you that we're going to be announcing here in a couple of weeks. So, Russ, we had a super busy week in uh, herd athletics. There were some awards that came across. It was tournament time for both men's and women's basketball. Uh, Baseball and softball are still rocking and rolling. So let's get ourselves a quick word from our sponsors at 304carrec.com. If you've been hurt in a wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. Our roads are full of uninsured drivers. When they hurt you, your insurance company can become their insurance company. Insurance companies take your money every month, but they fight you when it's their turn to pay. Don't be a victim twice. Jason and Matt can't protect you from uninsured drivers, but they can protect you from the insurance companies. Find them at 304carwreck.com. I know before we hit the record button, you told me, hey, man, we got a lot of things to talk about. So give me an an unnumbered number of things that every Herd fan needs to know this week. Well, I've got a number for you, and it's 10 (laughs) things every Herd fan needs to know this week. And as usual, they are brought to you by IgniteLink, the Tri-State's premier IT management team. Getting right into it. Huge news. Number one. Tavion Kinsey named Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year. And as an aside, last night uh, he passed John Elmore to become Marshall's all-time leading scorer. Yeah, uh, we talked about that uh, as we were guests on uh, Locked In on Sunbelt, uh, the mm-hmm. Locked In on Sunbelt podcast. Uh, and it was kind of, we saw all three of us, really. You uh, and uh, Dave Schultz saw it as maybe a four-man race for Player of the Year. Everybody had a legitimate argument. Uh, you and I even speculated a little bit about the slight concern that he, uh, Tavion, and Andy Taylor may split votes and, and you know, kind of hurt both of them. But I think it was just a clear choice that Tavion yeah. really was the best player in the conference this year, uh, the most complete player. You know, if mm-hmm. you're just a scorer, that's one thing. And if you're putting up just big numbers on the in the scoring department, that's one thing. But, you know, to also be amongst the top in assists and uh, those those other type of um, categories, I think it just speaks to the fact that you're the you're the best all around mm-hmm. player. So, uh, also as an aside from just being named Player of the Year and becoming Marshall's all time leading scorer, also named first team All Sun Belt. So, right, quite quite a well, I guess in retrospect now, what we're going to talk about in a little bit a little bit a bittersweet week for Tavion because yeah. um, you know there's some more news from a team standpoint that we'll talk about in a little bit, but these individual accolades are pretty awesome. 
Well, he obviously was going to be first team as the player of the year yeah. in the conference. But um, the thing that I explained on uh, the Locked In on Sunbelt podcast was that he was second from a shooting guard. He was second in assists in the mm-hmm. conference. And he had over five rebounds a game. Like you said, complete player. But he was a full three points better than Jordan Brown and not far behind him on rebounding. Uh, I mean, it was three, but I mean, you're talking about a shooting guard and the and a power forward, you know? So he did have that complete game. He uh, took over games, uh, and I, I just think it was a no-brainer, and we could not be happier for him. Yeah, I'm really excited for him, and of course I know he traded all. If you'd ask him, like, I traded all just to keep playing in the Sunbelt tournament right now and have a yeah. shot to go to the NCAA tournament. So now, you know, a little bit of a spoiler alert. If you, I mean, everybody by now knows that, uh, you know, we were bounced from the Sunbelt tournament, and we have to await some sort of potential postseason news if there is any. I mean, we we know for sure that the NCAA tournament's off the table, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're hoping that maybe the NIT sees something, but – other than that, it's it's going to be a pay-for-play type scenario, and I just don't know if, if that's uh, the route we want to take. But uh, nonetheless, it's been a long time, <laughs> for, maybe ever. I don't, I can't remember ever Marshall having a conference player of the year, you know, it, at least in my tenure as a Herd fan. Mm-hmm. And as great as John Elmore was, never named Conference USA player of the year. Never. Right. All, right. Conference is all-time leading scorer and never was player of the year. Uh, probably could have been, should have been a couple of times, but the votes never went that way. So congratulations to Tavion Kenzie on an outstandingly amazing individual performance week. Number two, we're going to keep up a little bit of a theme here. Uh, Softball player of the week was Autumn Owen. Uh, Famously, she had six home runs that week, just crushing it. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of other stats that uh, we're going to get into a little bit later, but, uh, terrific accolade here and acknowledgement and when we talk about this team you're going to see why they are doing we've got some more things here about this team but right now huge honor uh to be recognized but i don't see anybody else that even had a i mean what are you going to do against six home runs you know (laughs) seven home runs (laughs) yeah seven minute abs whatever that is seven minute abs but autumn owen killing it yeah great athlete also on the other side of that defensively she caught every inning for the herd during Mm. the whole weekend so it wasn't just a stellar performance at the plate all weekend long no innings off on defense yeah. either. So she really earned this uh, of the week honor, this player of the week honor. So it was just so, it's so cool. You know, and we've talked about um, this being a different type of team. And I, <laughs> I don't know, man, the ball's starting to leave the yard a little bit more. So maybe it's a little bit more of the same also because the power is starting to show itself and, and Autumn's, yeah, Autumn's taking them out of the yard too, but now some other players are starting to join the fray in that too. And this this softball team is just rocking and freaking rolling, man. Mm-hmm. Get this number three. We have another Sun Belt Conference Player of the Week. This time it's Tyler Jones for men's golf. Yeah, finished the Conference USA career era era on a on a high note as well, and starting right off in the Sun Belt era, picking up. Uh, and and running with it, starting off of, as men's golfer of the week, 
we figured he would have a pretty special season uh, because of what we saw last year. And I don't think I'm out of pocket by saying that Sunbelt golf is probably, it just seems like it's going to be a, maybe a stronger golf conference because there's so many Southern teams and Mm -hmm. you can just play all year long. And, you know, it's not like up here in January, it's kind of hard to get out and play golf, you know, uh, in Georgia, it's not that hard to get out and play golf in January. So the competition, yeah, you think the competition is probably a notch higher, you would think. Uh, so to come out of the gate with a Sunbelt Conference Golfer of the Week is is pretty, pretty great start, honestly. Number four, we're getting away from that uh, Conference Player of the Week. I was uh, thinking this might have been uh, that week that I said we would just sweep it all. You know, I'd love <laughs> to have one of those. But number four, Logan Meyer has uh, been hired to be our new general manager of the football team. Yeah, he, and this uh, is he comes a, from Auburn. And yep. uh, before that, he had a stop at Miami, Ohio. And then he was with Cincinnati under Luke Fickle. So he's hired to replace uh, Mark Vodler, who we said went off to Ohio State in a mm-hmm. either the same role or a really similar role, whatever their title is that they call it up there in Columbus. Uh, and and uh, Logan has been basically that same type of guy. Been at some big institutions, been at some in some high profile um, roles, and you know this for all the accolades or all of the attention that um, other. Uh, positions on this football staff garner you know i mean it's it's hard to shy away from what an offensive coordinator does what a defensive it's easy for the support staff to kind of fly under the radar but they're they've been also vital and we've seen that uh, so to bring in a guy like logan meyer has been a high performer at bigger schools um i'm really excited about this one i, I don't expect the the machine to slow i don't expect the herd machine to slow one bit by bringing him in. I'm really actually uh, kind of excited about that. I I, yeah. I dig the support staff type stuff. So mm-hmm. I was curious of where we were going to go there. I can't, I can't sit here and tell you, I know all the movers and shakers that are, you know, are the guys and the gals that you want to hire in these roles. But when you, when you start seeing names, you start checking in and it's like, all right, well, what have you done? Where you been? You know, and that kind of stuff. And this is kind of exciting. So I'm digging it. He's uh, from Cincinnati, so I'm interested to see his thoughts if he's as miserable of a Reds fan as I am. Uh, <laughs> Maybe he'll give you a introductory sell the team, Bob, and you're like, did we just become best friends? <laughs> uh, man, I'm going I may gift him a hashtag sell the team Bob shirt and good talking point. All right, number five, Micah Hanlogton is named Sunbelt Conference Freshman of the Year. This is uh we got several different things. We started off with uh, Tavion, and I just mm-hmm. wanted to split those up a little bit. But uh, big time uh, accolade here. Yeah, this is a, a, a skosh better than an of the week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is an of the year. So yeah, yep. I think um, I think a lot of folks would have if when you see this, you you kind of go, yeah, I saw that coming. I don't think this was really any surprise because Micah has just dominated this year uh in the rebounding category in the mm-hmm. blocking category Blocks. and you know don't forget this isn't a red shirt freshman this is a right. true freshman this is a kid that was in high school a year ago and to come in and in a much improved basketball league in the Sun Belt, i think every team around the conference would say man this conference is much stronger this year than it was last year so to come in right out of the gate and be that guy as a freshman it speaks it just speaks so um 
I'm excited to see the season two in Kelly Green from Micah, yeah. but man, there's no denying he. I think he was the best freshman in the conference, and the award just proves that. Yeah, and uh, I think the the ceiling on him, man, is just so high mm-hmm. because he already came in right around ten rebounds a game, you know, which is up there in the nation, and the blocks per game up there, you know, in in the leaders in that category in the nation as well, but because we were so perimeter and guard oriented here, you know, there's only so many shots, but when he starts getting these putbacks and uh, you know, the alley-oops for dunks and things like that, I could easily see him scoring double figures. I mean, you're talking about hitting five shots a game as a seven foot one center. uh, If he doesn't start or stop growing, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's 18, 19 years old. He could grow another inch or two. But uh, sky's the limit for the kid. Um, One of the things that I have mentioned throughout this entire season is how he is the first player diving for loose balls. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is going to translate very well. He's a hustler. He, you know, he's always wanting that. So he's got that kind of tenacity and, and things. So if he can put that into his offensive game, and just dunk on the people, sky's the limit for this guy. Yeah, just imagine also going through an off-season program and yeah. you know filling out a little bit more into that yep. frame and putting together what will be an even more formidable duo potentially with Obana. I mean, this could be – these guys could be a real force underneath. And, and for all that they did this year, you know, to be – Marshall to be constantly out rebounded is something that has bit us way too many times this year. Mm-hmm. And so, so hopefully a little bit of that off season work and, and filling out of the frame and, and, and just getting overall getting better, you know, that type of rebounding disparity will shrink and um, he will become an even bigger force and integral part of this offense. Cause you just don't replace Tavion Kinsey. You, you just don't. Right. So, you know, we're really hoping that, uh, you know, Andy comes back and, you know, Kerfman continues to do what Kerfman does. And you see the guys like Connor and Fricks take the next step, open mm-hmm. to take the next, and even the even next step. He's already really good. But if he goes and has a great stellar season year, uh, senior year, it could be another special season for the herd. And, and Micah's, Micah's development is going to be integral to really how far they go. You know, we, mm-hmm. we saw you can score, but if, if you can't clean the boards with the best of them, then you're going to fall short. You're going to struggle. You're going to you're going to have to outscore people. You know, you're going to have to kind of live and die by that three when you don't necessarily want to. So uh, but nonetheless, congratulations to him for a stellar, stellar freshman season. Sunbelt freshman of the year. That's awesome. We're going to continue with uh, some Sunbelt basketball awards with number six the Sunbelt Conference uh, first team. Uh, Andy Taylor got on there along with Tavion. And then uh, Rochella Scott made second team for the women. Yeah. Um, obviously, Andy deserves to be a first team awesome belt performer, especially when we thought he would – he was probably on the really short list and on some people's list for Sunbelt Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rochella Scott looked – she proved that she belongs on an all-conference team as well. Not taking anything away from them, but I am going to take this opportunity to, sh- to say Abby Beeman got absolutely freaking robbed mm-hmm. on the uh, all-conference teams. 
such an integral part to what the herd does and just one of the better guards in the conference period. So uh, both of the players you named, Scott and Andy, both deserve to be there. But damn it, if Beeman doesn't also deserve to be somewhere on one of those all-conference teams. We've talked about Andy quite a bit on here. You know, um, I think that anyone that has watched Rochelle Scott, Mm -hmm. she's a shooting guard, but she has maybe the best handles on the team. She really alters what Marshall can do when she's on the floor. When she's on the bench, it's a totally different team. She can get around just about anybody. Uh, She's got great passing skills. She's one of those all-around players. And uh, she was fourth in the conference in in scoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, just can fill it up. So I, I look for her to take a big step for next year as well. Yeah, it, it really would be great if uh, Coach Kemper and and that staff can go find you know a third. If you got Rochelle Scott and Abby, and then a third that can. Uh, handle the ball and distribute. We've got girls that can score, right? We know mm-hmm. that. We've we've seen Mahogany Matthews score. We've seen Sydney Scott score. We've seen Tara Harness score. So the scoring is is kind of there, and it will probably, um, you know, th- those players should they return to the herd still be able to put points up on the board. What you really need is when you do have to take Abby out of the game, when you do have to take Rochelle out of the game, you've got that third option to handle the ball and distribute, you know, really comfortable handling the ball in traffic, really comfortable, um, you know, trying to make those passes to facilitate. If we can find another one of those, Marshall can really turn a corner. They did a great job this year, a great job this year. And and I think we're one, we're just kind of one player away to of making some real, real noise. Yeah. And checking out the roster. I mean, it, it's very freshman and sophomore heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some juniors on there, but uh, it doesn't look like, you know, barring transfers, that there's going to be a lot lost um, due to graduation and exhausting their eligibility. Um, and also, I'm not 100% sure, you know, it, it says like junior, but it doesn't say how many years left, keeping in mind that this they still have the, the COVID year mm-hmm. for that, that class. So, um be real interesting. That's obviously something we're going to get into next year. Or yeah, I mean, I have no idea how many potential scholarship spots are going to be open, if any. You know, we yeah. might not be able, we might not be making any roster moves. I don't know. We don't know. The season just ended. You know, people yeah. have to sit back and evaluate everything. Do they want to be here? Do they want to go somewhere else? Do whatever, you know. So, um, but I just can't. I can't tell them enough that it was, you know, we enjoyed watching them for the first time. We followed women's basketball really closely and it was, it was really cool mm-hmm. to uh, watch them claw and fight and come back yeah. and win games. And just, you know, the, you used the word earlier tenacity, this whole team had tenacity. They just were never counted out. And even, even, even though they would come up short from time to time, uh, there were times that they just absolutely did not come up short after being down by a big, big margin. So, um, just a great season. We'll talk we'll talk about it more in Around the Herd, but congratulations once again to Rochelle Scott on second team all-conference. Number seven, I know you're going to love this. You know how we talk about <laughs> Abby Herring and how many times that she's been one of the five things or mm-hmm. however many things we have that week, and it's usually because she broke her own record or, or whatever. This time, she earns the USTF CCA 
and that sounds like a long acronym, but it's the U.S. Track and Field um, Cross Country Associate Coaches Association, all academic honors, and that was individually. Both men's and women's teams earned it as a team. I think maybe Abby Herring might lead the league in uh, times being a thing on this show. <laughs> I don't have an official tally of, of who's been mentioned the most, but it seems like we can't go more than two or three shows max, even in the offseason of track and field without talking about her. And this is just another one of those feathers in the cap. And of course, you know, I get to bring out the the D word, the differentiator word, whenever we start talking about academics, and it just is, man. It 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 is. It just is. So that doesn't surprise me. You know, this just seems like yeah, that should happen. It just seems like it should be a thing. And uh, congratulations to her. Congratulations to the men's and women's teams also for uh, being honored as a whole, as an entire program. That's uh, that's really really something special. Congratulations to all of them. And the article says for individuals to be honored, they must have a minimum of a 3.25 cumulative GPA and finish in the top 25 at NCAA regionals or all American at NCAA championships. Jeez. So, you know, it's not just all about what you're doing in the classroom. Yeah. You know, somebody might have a 4.0, but you have to finish at that high of a level to even get this honor so yeah and it's it seems like a thing a, a a theme you remember we were talking about swim and dive and they had like a tiered gpa thing yep. based on how you performed uh, but this isn't like that it's like you got to get this and this there's right. no like oh you can have a 4.0 but just be on the team type thing right no no so it shows that she's both great in her disciplines and disciplined in the classroom Number eight, and the rest of these, we're going to hit some of the softball stuff that I teased earlier. Uh, number eight, softball is off to its best start ever. That's E-V-E-R, ever. 14-3 mm -hmm. and three heading into today's games. They are playing over the dot uh, today, but as we're recording this on Sunday, they are 14-3. and 14-3, and three. you know, and we sat here and we talked with uh, – Megan, a few weeks ago, previewing the season, and I remember asking her, is is this good change or is this bad change? And she said, ask me in a couple of months. Yeah. I'm going to ask her now because <laughs> it sure seems like good change. You know, it's it, she kept talking about it being a different type of team, and, and we knew it. We knew it was going to be different. You know, Allie had exhausted eligibility. Maya had transferred out. It was a lot of firepower gone from the lineup. We knew there were some – Big weapons returning, you know, as long as Sid Nestor's on the roster, that's a massive weapon. That's that's just a luxury that so many teams don't have is to throw, to march out an ace in the circle, you know, every other game. And we knew some, some absolute spark plugs were going to be returning, some firecrackers were going to be returning like Grace and, and uh, Autumn. But there's new names, new faces that are turning in performances that we were hoping we would see, you know, and, and girls that come to mind like Sid Bickle, you know, f f new to the team here. Savannah Rice transfers in, and she's been an excellent number two pitcher, you know, for the herd this year. Her, her She and um, Sid are just absolutely dominating this year. How many times has it been complete game one hitter with, 
as many, at least as many K's as innings pitched, if not more, you know? Yeah. So it's just been um, kind of what we'd hoped we would see, but still even more impressive because this is the best ever. And last year they were great. Yeah. Great. You know, especially you're at about, home. Yeah. And you're talking about teams that had won the conference in the past. It's been a few mm-hmm. years, you know, but, yeah. but we won conference USA several years ago on a, on a really, really great team that uh, really st- is what perked my interest um, in herd softball because they were fun. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they were fun. They, they ran bases, they stole bases. And I've said many times, it's one of my favorite parts of baseball. And now of course, softball is running bases and stealing bases. I love that. And they did that. They led the country in that, in that category that year. And uh, they, they started it for me and this team uh, and last year's team, actually really all of Megan's teams have just been fun to watch. So when yeah. you're talking about best ever, wow, congratulations to them because that's pretty friggin' special. You know, you like that small ball. You would have loved it in the bottom of the first yesterday at the game that I was at. Um, Alex Coleman led off with a drag bunt single. Uh, she stole second. And then Sid Bickle hit one uh, right past a screaming line drive or grounder right past the first baseman had zero chance of, of diving and grabbing it and uh, scored. You mm-hmm. know, uh, if you don't get on on that drag bunt, of course, you don't get that. If you don't steal, that puts yep. you on first and third. Now, Autumn Owen just happened to crush a uh, <laughs> ha- half mile high. If there would have been a, a plane flying over, I think the <laughs> FAA would have gotten on her because i mean she crushed it man uh so someone would have scored anyway yeah but, but you uh, don't know that you, you don't, don't know that's going to that. happen you can't be like detroit in the early 90s and just wait for the three-run bomb man right you know, so um they uh they got it done in a myriad of ways yesterday ultra fun team as always yeah you brought up sid nestor that's my number nine Sidney Nestor is tied for the lead in the NCAA with nine wins and tied for the lead with 95 strikeouts. I didn't know that. I'm ashamed that I didn't know that. I knew those totals were both high. I mean, I did know she had nine wins on the season after yesterday's mm-hmm. performances. Um, and you mentioned, you you know, you tweeted out, you kind of lost count. Did she have 14 or 15 Four, strikeouts? Four, she ended yeah, up with 14. 14. Yeah. So absolutely dealing at home. Mm-hmm. Every game I've been, I've been, I've been to one. Every game I've seen some of, uh, whether it be just viewing a box score or whatever, she really, do, like a down game for her is to pitch, you know, seven innings and only strike out five, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think a lot of pitchers would take that, would take that. Yesterday, she got in trouble in the bottom of the second and uh, gave off a, a leadoff hit and then another hit, and they had first and third with no outs. And, you know, due to the team and her, you know, playing excellent defense and, um, you know, her just dominant uh, nature on the, in the circle, you know, they got out of it with no runs. Uh, but, man, I three, maybe four hits is what she gave up yesterday. Um, I mean, just crazy what yeah. she's putting together. So, so you got to see it first firsthand this year, you know? Right. Uh, is this a, is that the first time you you've been to a game before, right? Or is this the first oh, yeah. one of the years? No, no, I've been to games. No, no game. I mean, this year you. This year, been... yes, this was my first game because they I didn't get to go on Thursday. Uh, you know, I was in Indiana for work. Yeah, and uh, they had to move uh, the Friday game, uh, which you know I would have been working then anyway but mm-hmm. uh 
Thursday was when they had their two games because Friday's weather up here was so bad they had to push them forward to be able to get everything in. But uh, yes, I I got to go in person for the first time this year. Right. So now you can you can echo the things that I talk about. It's just she's just a joy to watch in the circle. It's it's um, almost unfair, and you're glad that the the fairness tilts to the Kelly Green side of things because I would not want to step in against her at all. She's just uh, she she gets better as the game goes on. It seems like nothing phases her, even when things don't go her way. It's like doesn't matter because she's either got the confidence and the ability to get the out herself, or mm-hmm. she knows I've got great players at every position behind me. Yep. We're going to get out of this jam. It's just um, it's it's really great. It's really great, and I'm I'm proud of these girls for you know going out every week, every day, every weekend, I guess, and competing. Uh, taking it one game at a time, you know, and when they come up for air, usually they're leading in a by a pretty high margin at the end of the game. Excellent start, fourteen and three currently. There's double header today. We'll see if that goes to sixteen and three or somewhere in the middle. But man, what a great start through seventeen games. And we're going to finish up uh, with our 10 things. Uh, our 10th one is also softball. As I mentioned, Autumn Owen is tied for first in the NCAA with 10 home runs. If these girls don't quit it, they're going to get our coach <laughs> hired away. And I'm not, I, I'm not digging that. <laughs> um, I didn't know that either. So, you know, I haven't been checking the NCAA stats. I've just kind of been locked in and, and, and tunnel visioned on our team and what they're doing. But um, I can't say that I'm totally surprised by that. But, you know, tied for the lead in the country in strikeouts, tied for the lead in the country in wins, tied for the lead in the country in home runs. (laughs) They're doing it on both sides of the ball. This is awesome, man. It's awesome. Yeah. And, I mean, remember when we had uh, a transfer out and a couple of graduates and everything, we were wondering what this squad was going to look like. And, uh Looks pretty daggone good right now. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, I can't. Good. I can't wait until uh, the conference uh, schedule. You know that portion hits and everything because uh, we've talked a lot. You know, Corey brought it up. Sunbelt is just different. He coached in in there at uh, ULM. It's it's going to be one of those like you know have have you seen what uh, Ragin Review uh, tweeted out about how many people were at their softball? Yeah, game? I want to say it was something like eighteen hundred people yeah. or something like that at the softball games. I mean, it's yeah. legit. I mean, yeah. I don't know if if our fans, our listeners, are just like, oh, they're trying to hype up some about softball. No, no, we are not. Like they take it really out. seriously. They sure as hell do. And yeah. you know, we are fortunate enough to have a really strong home field advantage at the dot you know Mm -hmm. it's a special place they win there and people will turn out to see them but as great as they are as popular as softball is 1800 people is a lot of people to get to a ball game people uh and that's that's nothing to sneeze at that's i'd be proud as hell if if we were able to do that i mean we we want i don't even think the dot seats 500 people you know officially if you look on the herd zone i don't remember what it is i don't think it's 500 so think almost four times that at at the dot would be it'd be shoulder to shoulder, you know. Yeah. And hey, let's get that. Let's do that because that'd Can't be pretty, that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up our 
10 this week, things every herd fan needs to know. And as usual, brought to you by Ignite Link. What a cool 10 things, man. Lots of of the weeks and of the years and big time accolades and academic stuff and, you know, leading the country in this. I mean, this might be one of those 10 things or five things segments that we look back and go, damn, we, we breeze through that. But when you go back and look at it again, you're like, that was amazing. You know, this was just from what we did this. We recorded a week ago. So all this came, came out or occurred in the last week. Yeah, what, a, and- what a great week. And KD, I have to to mention too, you know, I'm just sitting here reflecting on this. Uh, a lot of podcasts in college sports and even in the Sun Belt are focused only on football. Mm-hmm. Nine of those 10 things didn't have a thing to do with football. You and know, the we, one football thing was a support staff hire. It yeah. wasn't even an appreciation, you know, this guy's going to dominate the conference or whatever. So, yeah. yes, this athletic department wide is achieving at a really, really high level. Yeah. And we're here for it. You know, we, we talk about it all the time. We want to celebrate every single athlete and every single team that we sponsor and they deserve it because look at what they're doing. Yeah. I don't care if you don't particularly care about golf. I mean, I don't play golf. I'm not good at it, but I, I can damn sure be happy about, you know, Tyler Jones being Sunbelt golfer of the week. Yep. That's cool, man. I said it a long time ago. One of our friends was uh, busting my chops because I was posting about uh, Marshall soccer. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they had won or maybe it was when they were getting ready to win the national championship. And I said, man, if Marshall was playing for the national championship in Pinochle, I would watch it. Yeah. You know, I don't care if it's Marshall, I'm on it. And we've had a lot of fans tell us that very thing that they are hearing about this and have an appreciation for these teams because it's getting covered and you know uh we're going to cover it because look at what they're doing they deserve it this is yeah this is amazing stuff we're talking about here it sure is man i can't remember you know and and in fairness i i personally didn't pay as close attention to all this stuff several years ago you know this Mm -hmm. stuff could have been happening i don't think it was because i would have noticed you know but it's happening with far more frequency now, it seems like, in the Sunbelt era. And, you know, we're not even a complete year in yet, I don't think, officially. When did that happen? Like June or, I don't know. I don't remember. Was it, is it a, was it a, I don't know, June, whatever. Uh, July the 1st. Okay. So all this stuff, it just seems like every week it's something. Every week it's something. And... Yeah, it makes our job pretty easy <laughs> to find things to talk about because you you actually get in the position where you're like, well, I got to leave something out. And yeah. now you're just like, screw it. There's going to be 10 things. <laughs> Hell with it. Yeah. We're not, we're not like, making any cuts on this team. Like, seriously, we, we did 10. But, I mean, I could have talked about they officially set homecoming to be September the 30th, which we had basically said this is when it has to be. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's so many different things that, is positive that are newsworthy and everything, but you don't want to take away from these individual athletes on what they did. It's true. So that was so many great things. Um, and you know, I know folks are like, man, when are you guys going to get back to doing something, you know, a, a featured story. And we're just kind of in that time of the year right now to where, um, we're afforded to be able to talk about the things more. So mm-hmm. we're going to do that until, you know, we, we decide to crank it back up with some, uh, with some feature stuff, because as long as there's this much 
excuse me, great stuff to talk about. There's no reason to do it. Why eat up a featured story with when, when you're, ta- I don't want to take away from tennis or golf or, you know, swim and dive or softball or baseball. I don't want to. So we're won't, we won't. Yeah. I mean, we're going to be talking about uh, five to seven softball games in around yeah. the herd, you know, five baseball games in around the herd, all this different stuff that's going on right now. This is a busy, busy time. So. Yeah. And that's what you need to know about. You need to know how these teams are doing because there's a lot of teams playing, a lot of teams competing, and those teams play a lot of games. It's not like football where you play one game a week, you know, or basketball, you play two games a week. And, you know, so these a weekend series could be three three to five games, you yeah. know, and you, and you want to talk about those, especially if you go in and dominate the weekend, you want to talk about it. Yeah. So on that note, let's go around the herd. Let's take it around the herd. And we are going to start with tennis and against EKU. They won every single set, every set, <laughs> singles, doubles, everything. They won them all. <laughs> uh, quickest tennis match in her history, probably. <laughs> it's like, man, at least uh, at least you'll lose a point every now and again when you're hitting against the wall because the, well, you know the, at least the wall hits it back a bit they they lost some games i understand yes yeah they lost some points and games but they won every single yeah, set dominated that that uh, tennis match both singles and doubles it's great to get back on the winning track you know went through a little rough stretch they were winning some um singles matches some doubles matches but didn't hadn't had that full-on dominating effort in a in a couple of weeks and it's nice to get one of those especially against a team like eastern kentucky he's really close you know richmond kentucky's not that far away regionally a good team that you just want to be able to go toe-to-toe with and and prove that you are a notch or two above and boy they left no doubt i mean not losing a single set that's big time stuff Here's who we had doubles. And of course, I'm not going to say one because you know that we swept them all. <laughs> Emma Vander Hayden and Johanna Strom, um, Reiki Geller and Gabrielle Clarot, Aisling McGrain and Dora Teja Joksovich. All three of those in the doubles in singles action Emma Vander Hayden, Johanna Strom, Dora Teja Joksovich, Aisling McGrain. Ricky Gillar and Angela Lopichik. All. We had nine different uh, matches and, mm-hmm. you know, swept them all. So imagine being the very last match of the day, thinking, we haven't lost a set. <laughs> Is there pressure that creeps in to go, we got to keep it, man? We can't drop a set. You know, are they like, are they like um, talking a little smack to one another? You know, like, I wonder about that kind of stuff. Well, if the singles doing due to the order here, if the singles um, was the end, if they closed over the doubles, the very last one that finished, uh, Angela Lopichik won six one and six one. So that was even that was a no doubter. <laughs> Not even close. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent, excellent match for the gals. Good stuff. All right. So next we're going to men's golf. We talked about Tyler Jones. He finished uh, tied for six with uh, uh, seven under par mm-hmm. for the tournament at the Loyola Intercollegiate. And uh, his final round was a 67. Uh, team finished fourth overall. And their final round to put them up 
they vaulted up a few spots. Uh, they had a final round of 267, which was tied for the best round by anybody there. So well, really nice. good, really good, strong finish. Yeah, nice way to close it out on a high note, tying the low the low round for any team, any collective yeah. team. Um, if I could get 20 over, <laughs> I feel like I'd be killing it. You know, I can't, I can't fathom a time where I would ever be like an under par golfer. You know, it's just like, I'm terrible at that. And so I choose not to do it, but tied for sixth, seven under par shooting a 67. I mean, damn man, take it easy. Leave some golf for the rest of us. Cause that's, that's pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. It's no Kim Jong Il, but uh, <laughs> wasn't it? Wasn't it? Uh, what was it that he had? What did he shoot? Remember? Oh, the, I, I don't remember. Uh, forty-eight or something crazy. <laughs> I mean, obviously it was made up, but yeah, you know, yeah, forty-eight on an eighteen-hole course, just <laughs> yeah. dominating six hundred-yard drives. It was great. <laughs> I think they said he had something ridiculous, like eight holes in one or something <laughs> like that. Um. Anyway. Fantasy notwithstanding, we're going to go over to women's golf. Team finishes 13th at the GCU Invitational, and Emily McClatchy uh, led the way for the herd, finishing tied for 13th. Cool. What's the, what was did, did you write down? What is GCU? Is that like Gulf Coast University or something? Like no, that? this was out in uh, Arizona, and oh. I can't remember. Uh, I don't think it was Grand Canyon. Uh, I'd, I'd have to go look it up. Just curious. I was yeah. trying to get a. I was trying to get a gauge on. You you answered my question. What part yeah. of the country they were playing? Yeah. In. It was there. in the southwest. I got you. Uh, women's soccer. I've got it on here, and man, maybe a couple of matches got canceled. But there has <laughs> there been was no match. <laughs> there. I mean, I know that they played. Yeah. yeah. But there's been no results. It's God. not. You know. I mean, they. They had it on the schedule and hyped that it was up there. And, you know, I am not going to get on the uh, the staff that handles this because at our fingertips to look up box yeah. scores, anything, I can't imagine what goes into this. And these are only spring scrimmages. So it's sure. not like, um, but, you know, they weren't on there. I just wanted to report if anybody does have that information, we'd love to hear from you uh, because, so far, including last night, they should have played three different spring matches so far. Got no info on them. And you know what? It's it's wild because, you know, we follow the social media accounts. We follow yeah. some of the soccer players, the mm -hmm. women's soccer players, and I haven't seen anything. And what I don't like is, like, now the new Twitter algorithms are like, well, until you interact with someone, you you usually don't see what they post. Whereas before... I could, I could just see everybody that I followed. I could just scroll down and if they posted something, I could see it. And I don't want a novel that. concept. I mean, yeah, it was great before, you know, and now you go to a for you page like this is TikTok, And I don't want that. I want a, a chronological, you know, listing of posts that of everyone I follow and whatever, fix it, man. So anyway, we're going to, hopefully hear something from that but in the meantime you know we didn't want to act like we're ignoring it uh we just do not have the info to report on it yeah uh track and field 
coming up uh, this weekend, Friday and Saturday, they have the NCAA Indoor Championships. Remember, they just had the Sunbelt mm-hmm. Conference Championships. Now they got the NCAAs this weekend. Never know. Maybe Macy Majoy can do uh, do some damage in the pole vault. Some, yeah. Well, I mean, we told you that she won the conference with l- far lower than her school record and personal best. So who knows what the, the rest of the NCAA women's pole vaulting field looks like, but I like Macy's chances, right? You got to like them. She's the, she's the gold medalist out of the Sun Belt. How do you not like those chances? Right here's where we need to hire a stats person and we just have them like Tony Reale used to do and, you know, come in with that info. <laughs> Stat boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. We're going over to the diamond here and talk about baseball. Uh, we recorded last Friday night. Mm-hmm. So we have to talk about last weekend. On Saturday, they uh, came back from that game. Remember, we had talked about they had, gotten dominated i can't remember 15 to 18 to 8 maybe 18 to 8 yeah i was thinking it's 15 to 8 but um we said hey they got all their runs out now let's go get them well we did we beat them seven to four on saturday but then lost um the series finale to charleston southern six to one on sunday Mm -hmm. uh this week um weather played a huge factor with baseball and softball you know they had both planned on opening on friday and that's when we had that crazy weather coming in with all the wind and everything so they played on thursday upon route two and they dropped the home opener uh and that was uh st john's eight to four and did not play on i'm sorry i'm sorry the home opener on saturday i said thursday a minute ago i was thinking of softball and um, they play today a doubleheader in Charleston at mm-hmm. Gomart Park. Mm-hmm. So that is going on right now. Yeah. It's very much an up and down year for the guys. You know, we were curious of how they were going to respond or what we were going to look like since, you know, it's kind of, you get a brand new coach, you know, really right before the season starts. He doesn't assemble basically his own staff. He just, retains basically who's there and we had some players coming back we've got some guys that are having some really good performances this year individually mm-hmm. it just seems like it's very much a work in progress of which we thought it was going to be so i don't think anybody was expecting this herd baseball team to come out and be a you know 15 run a game team and and you know dropping you know, just a handful of games. We we have to figure out who we are, right? We talked about that at the beginning. And yeah. you said, well, I don't even think they know who they are yet. And, yeah. I, and I still feel very strongly that that's probably where we are. It'll be um, a lot of growing pains this year until we discover an identity, until uh, Bills decides what this ultimate team makeup wants to look like, and then he can begin to start putting pieces together. So we may be a, a, a year or two away, but in the meantime – we're seeing some moxie out of this team. And, and anytime you see that, you got to love that. Yeah. You said uh, individual performances. I want to highlight that because this is really big uh, in that home opener yesterday, Patrick Copen, he only went 4.2 innings, had 10 strikeouts, mm-hmm. struck out the side in the first, uh, even though he gave up two runs in the second, he still recorded three strikeouts went on to uh, set six strikeouts in two innings yeah, and then uh, went on to pick up four more. 
and uh, every full inning that he pitched, he recorded at least two strikeouts. That's yeah. big time stuff. It you is. can work. You can work with that. <laughs> and that's one of those individual performance, like you yeah. highlighted, that I'm talking about. You know, he's yeah. having a great year. This isn't a one game thing. He's he's turned in quality outing after quality outing. It's just, you know. We, we don't have enough of the pieces yet, you know, and, and, and I think we'll get there. You know, the ballpark's going to do a lot to attract talent. Being yep. in the Sunbelt Conference is going to do, uh, do a lot to help attract more and more talent. Um, being able to, to recruit regionally because we're playing teams like Old Dominion, App State, James Madison, you know, and baseball is so huge in that Tidewater area. Just look at what Old Dominion's doing. I mean, yeah. they, they're amongst the, the nation's leaders in home runs again. And we know what baseball is like in Georgia and, and Louisiana and the Carolinas. So Southern Miss, man. Huge. Yeah, Southern Miss, exactly. They they're a top twenty-five team. Of course, yeah. you can't really even though Texas State is in the conference, you can't really that's not a similar comparison because of it's Texas and West Virginia. But you know, if you can start making inroads with and com, and competing and starting to get some of these guys that App State's after and, and James Madison, Old Dominion you know, you can start to build a really competitive team and start to get up to that level. It's it's not unfair to say we're not on those levels yet. We're not. They have mm-hmm. things in place that we don't have. And once we get those things in place, then we can start to try to compete at that level. But in the meantime, um, we're, we're working. We're, we're trying to get there. So uh, the games today, we obviously are not going to have that info. You might be listening to this on Monday. Uh, we're recording on Sunday as those uh, the first game is going on. Uh, next week, they will be playing on Tuesday at home at the Kennedy Center on Route 2 at 2 p.m. And then uh, three-game series this coming weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, also at home at the Kennedy Center. And they're hosting Kinesius. Cool. Uh, or is it Canisius? How do you say that? I don't know. I always, like, I always said Canisius, but I probably say Canisius, and that's probably way wrong. But whatever. who cares? Beat them. Yeah. <laughs> Go herd. Last thing I guess I want to say about baseball is I don't know if you noticed it, but we picked up a commitment uh, over mm-hmm. the weekend or over yep. the past couple of days ago. Yep. Uh, out, outfielder from uh, Bloomingdale High School, right close to me, uh, hometown of. Uh, Bloomingdale, Florida, Valrico area just outside of Tampa. Uh, Coop Henson, outfielder. Mm-hmm. I, I was wondering when I saw uh, Greg Beals tweeted something like, he's coming to the herd. And I thought, okay, yeah. that must mean they've they've made some noise here a little bit. And then I noticed a few days later, or maybe that same day, uh, Coop started following us. And mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, you know, I'm starting to put my context clues together. And then the next day was like, the commitment graphic and I was like, all right. So I don't know if this is the first commitment from the Bills era because we had um oh, I'm I, I'm drawing a blank right now. Remember we had the the other young man that had been following us for a long time. That was a catcher. Yeah. That was a commit. Yeah. So uh, I would like to think that was before Bills was named head coach. I'm fairly certain it was. Yeah, so he just made, he made it official under right. Beals, but and and you know, good on that for keeping recruits. You know, yeah, but uh, so this might be the first one under the Greg Beals era. Mm-hmm. Um, so cool, man. I mean, get those Florida kids play ball all year long. You know, they play beer, they play ball all year long. 
Uh, six foot 185 right now, but uh, Bills likes him. I like him. Welcome to the herd, Coop Henson. All right, we're going to go over to softball. And again, we've been talking about the electric start that they've had. Uh, we again recorded on Friday, so we didn't get to talk about these games, but they beat Princeton 10 to 2 last Saturday. They lost in extras, eight innings to Liberty at home to Liberty, uh, not our home, Liberty's home. Five to four, and that was the first game on Sunday. And then they came back uh, right after that, that afternoon, and beat Elon seven to three to close out that Liberty Invitational. And then uh, I mentioned that they had to move the games to Thursday this week. Mm -hmm. They took uh, both games of the doubleheader on Thursday against Moorhead State. They won nine to one and nine to one, identical scores. Both of them finished early, one in six games or six innings, one in five innings. And then uh, I went to that uh, Kent State game yesterday. They won eight to one in that dominating performance by Sid Nestor. And then uh, today they have Kent State going on right now and Pittsburgh at home over at the dot. Yep. Uh, the Kent State game's going on. It started at 1230. So hopefully there's a bunch of fans over there right now. Mm -hmm. uh, they got pit at 3.30, so um, you won't hear this, but if you've noticed, seen it on the schedule somewhere, you remember us talking about it. Gosh, I hope some folks churn out to go watch them play against Pittsburgh uh, and actually are taking in both games, honestly. But let's talk about what has happened here in this round, Robin. Uh, you mentioned the, th the two Thursday games. Both ended early, six innings, five innings, just dominating, absolutely dominating performances. Sid Nestor, a complete game both on Thursday and yesterday. So what is that, 13, yeah, 13 combined innings pitched in both those games, four total hits and 21 total strikeouts in 13 innings pitched, bringing her to 9-2 to two on the season, which we talked about a little bit ago. She's leading, uh, tied for the lead in the country and wins. Autumn Owen has had another great weekend, taking a couple more out of the yard, one yesterday, and then in the second game against Moorhead, the five-inning game, she took one out, as did Grace Chelleman in that game. And then in relief, I don't call it relief, but, you know, when Sid's out of the circle, somebody's got to be in the circle. <laughs> and our number two pitcher on the roster so far this year is Savannah Rice. Savvy Savannah Rice having a great year of her own. Five innings pitched of one hit ball in that shortened five-inning game against Moorhead where she struck out 10. I'm telling you, man. Uh, you know, we had uh, one of our followers on social media talk about, like, just un just not knowing. Uh, about softball pitching and rest and that sort of thing. And they were like, man, do we not have anybody else? And it's, for those that don't know, it, it is a completely different animal, softball pitching versus, you know, baseball and overhand pitching. Yeah. The stresses on your body are nowhere near the same. Um, Sid could almost, almost go out and pitch every day, you know, and, and we've had pitchers do that nearly – like that in the past, uh, but um, we're lucky enough to have a, essentially a second ace in Savannah yeah. Rice to be able to afford Sid the rest. But I guarantee you, if it comes down in clutch time mm -hmm. and we need an inning or you need you know something and, and Sid pitched the day before or maybe earlier in the day, it's not going to be a huge deal to put her back in the circle to play. It's just the stresses are not the same. She's fine. She's not being overworked. So if you're, if you're wondering if our coaches are managing their talent correctly because she's in the circle all the time, yes, they absolutely 100% are. She is nothing, nothing to throw. I mean, you could throw 243 pitches 
uh, every game that you went out, if it's yep. underhanded and you're not doing anything, your shoulder motion is designed to do underhanded. And if you've ever seen uh, assistant coaches uh, in high school games, college games, where they have to throw to the uh, mm-hmm. uh, referee, they throw a tight spiral football underhanded mm-hmm. from the sidelines because, you know, they're not warmed up. They don't want to destroy their shoulder. You don't have to warm up for that motion near what you uh, what you do for overhanded. You know, our body is just not designed to throw overhanded, especially repeatedly. Yeah, and, and at a high velocity. Yeah, you yeah. know. So um, I just wanted to get that out there. I know I know not everybody's like that's probably not entering too many folks' mind, but uh, you you our coaches know what they're doing. Um, player safety is always in the forefront of every good coach's mind. So they're doing nothing to put her career in jeopardy, her body in jeopardy. Everything is super fine. She's just that great. And you, you know, you can go out and perform at this high level, uh, in softball because like I said, your body doesn't undergo the same amount of stresses. So, uh, Sid's just killing it. And, um, you know, I'm here for it obviously, but everything's cool. All right, so more with softball, just what they have coming up, uh, not just those uh, two games that we've already talked about, but on uh, Wednesday at 2.30 p.m., they'll be welcoming Ohio, the Bobcats, down here to the dot. And then they have five games coming up at home this weekend. Great opportunity to go over there and see them. One game on Friday, two on Saturday, and two on Sunday. Yep, uh, a midweek battle for the Bells, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And get the get the weekend series started off with a historic rival. That's that's always that's always nice to have happen. And then, so what is that? A total of six opportunities to see the herd this weekend or this yep. week at dot at the dot. Mm-hmm. Damn! Um, a- after five games that they just played, so that's eleven in a row there. Wow! Yeah, what a hell of a homestand. Yeah. Uh, what what if you're if you've if there's 11 opportunities, now I get it. You can't go maybe Wednesday. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm with it. You know, work, church, whatever's going on. I don't know when the time of the game is. When did you just say it was? 2.30? Two, yeah. 2 so you're probably, probably in the middle of your work day. That's cool. But Saturday, Sunday, or if it's a, if there's a late, like an afternoon Friday game, try to get no, there, man. Most, most of their games, and you'll have to remember, um, you know, this part of the season, they want to have it as close to around that noon, you know, high, mm-hmm. high weather point. But, uh, the uh the lights aren't there yet yeah yeah so they they can't play in the evenings so they try to get their games even in the weekday they try to do that early afternoon 2 30 to 3 30 kind of start or whatever we are getting close to spring and forward aren't we i mean i know that's not it's, really related uh, to what you're talking about but that just popped into my head when you're talking about this time of year and daylight it's about it's within three weeks it's okay uh, yeah it's around okay. two it's around two weeks away Okay, well, I'll take it. I, I like yeah. for the sun to set to set at like nine p.m. here in Florida. It's pretty nice. But anyway, eleven opportunities to get out. Find one. Find two. Damn, get out there uh, on Saturday or Sunday and watch this team play. God, watch them play. We just talked about NCAA leaders on this team. Mm-hmm. Best start in program history. What do, What do you want? What more do you want? Get out there and watch them. Get out there and watch them. All right, we're going to finish it up over with some round ball, starting with the women first. Uh, they uh, came out with a first-round win in the Sun Belt Conference Tournament, beat Coastal 60-53, to but then uh, got knocked out by number one James Madison 62-43 to on Friday. 
Yeah, it that's unfortunate. They had to run right back into James Madison because they're the number one seed for a reason. They're really mm-hmm. good. And, yep. you know, I'm sure, oh, you know, they had a little taste of revenge in their mouth after Marshall went in to uh, Harrisonburg and took them down to close out the regular season. So in convincing gonna, fashion in, in very convincing fashion, it was yeah. going to be an uphill battle regardless. But, hey, uh, they gave it their all in a great season, 60 to 53 against Coastal Carolina, notching a win in the Sun Belt Tournament. That's a big deal. You know, to go in as a middle of the pack seed and at least get a win. That's a big deal. And it's a confidence builder. It's a program builder for this team as we move further into the Sunbelt era. And it's got to be a little bit of a pat on the back for this team. Hell yeah, they wanted to beat James Madison and continue on and win the whole damn thing. Yes, of course they did. But uh, winning that first one is 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 great when you're still – you know, trying to get to those next levels, you know, you're, we're not a top four seed right now. You know, we're not earning a buy double buy type deal. So once we get to that point, we'll worry about, you know, winning it all, but being able to show you could go in and get this one. It it was great, man. 17 and 13 to finish the season in that game. We had the, the three scores that we always say is so vital to getting that win. And you win by seven points and you have three scores and um, Sidney Scott is the lowest of those three with 14. You know, if that's a eight-point performance or a six-point performance, then Marshall probably doesn't win that game. Um, I watched quite a bit of that, if not all of it. I don't remember if I was able to watch all of it, but I know I watched a damn big portion of it. And uh, that's what really solidified it to me is how integral having Rochelle Scott on the floor is for Marshall. She had to mm-hmm. sit for a little while, not a lot. She there was about 10 minutes of game time that she was on the bench and it was it was different. They Coastal made a couple of runs. Um they have a they had a really a really um tough player down low. Uh Blunt was her name. And let me tell you what, even though the super big stat line wasn't there for Samantha LaFon 12 or um Four points in 12 minutes in that game. She went toe-to-toe with Blunt, and I was proud of her. I was proud mm-hmm. of her because it, it was it was quite apparent that Blunt was a force down low in that game for Coastal. She went for 14 points, seven boards, and uh, Samantha went toe-to-toe with her, man. it was I was proud as hell of her. She played a great game in a supporting role for the Herd to open up things and, and uh, allow some of those – scores to get those totals that they did so excellent first win it's just rough that they ran into the number one seed following up yeah and uh we talked a lot about that team earlier in the show uh no need to revisit all that but uh not graduating um you know a lot of contributor uh points rebounds assists that sort of thing got a lot of uh young freshmen that played quite a bit this year coming off the bench. So it's promising. Mm-hmm. It is promising. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, the season just ended. We all get to take an exhale, you know, Tony and Rudy and, and all those uh, coaches get to evaluate and reevaluate and, and see what the best moves are going forward. The girls get to celebrate and take a breath and look back and reflect on what they were able to accomplish when probably not too many people outside of Huntington, uh, had them doing much. And I think that they did a lot to surprise a lot of people over the course of the year. You know, maybe the record overall doesn't blow you away. Like, dang, this was a 24 win team or something like that. But going in and beating James Madison at home, I bet, 
hardly anyone had them doing that to close out the season. So there was a lot to be proud of. There's a lot to build upon, and there's a lot of momentum moving forward, I feel like. And a piece here and a piece there. We could be singing a different tune this time next year. We could go back through the schedule. I would uh, I would feel comfortable without, just off the top of my head, without checking, that there were at least five games that we lost by four points or less. And in those games, we were down by a lot, and we mm-hmm. came back. So limiting those, uh, you know, I've joked about it several times, but limiting those situations where you have to come back from 15 to 20 points, that sort of thing, that's just picking up wins. So it's just these little small things that could turn this team from 17 and 13 to 22 and 8. Mm-hmm. You know, so build on it. Got a lot to do. I mean, you know, this. How often did we talk about uh, with all the transfers coming in? I mean, you know, all the freshmen coming in, would this team be able to gel? They played pretty good all year long. So now they get to take that uh, familiarity into the offseason, get better, and start a good, uh, you know, this fall, uh, start a good run. And let's let's not forget, there were some freshmen on this team that didn't play huge roles, and mm-hmm. now we've talked about, like what we talked about with Micah a little bit ago, having mm-hmm. being able to go through an off-season program, you're acclimated right. to college life, like all this stuff is now behind you, and you mm-hmm. can just really start to focus a lot more on honing your craft. You know, go to class and, and basketball. Now you can do that. You don't have to worry about, no, oh, I'm leaving home for the first time. It's just, this is all new to me. Do I have what it takes to make it? And, you know, you that confidence is built now. You know you can do that. You know you're strong enough to to make that uh, make that leap. So you know there's what three or f- three or four freshmen on this team that played a little bit, but now we'll have even more familiarity with this team, with this system, and be able to go out and produce. You like to think. I mean, well, there's one. Let me think. One, two, three. I'm think I'm seeing three freshmen right off the roster real quick. Two of those remember if you remember were West Virginia girls. Mm-hmm. Um, Peyton Elderton from down there in Logan and Olivia Zilkowski. I think she was from Beckley, Beckley. maybe. Yep. And then, uh, oh, uh, Sydney Scott was a freshman and she played this year. Yeah. And then the Meredith Mayer, came Meredith Mayer. The, yeah. Yeah. That was she the other one coming off the bench. Uh, um, oh, she's from Fairmont. So all three yeah. of them for West yeah. Virginia. Yeah. So, uh, a lot to look forward to. You yeah. Know, this is a fun team to watch, too. Like I said, never gave up. Never gave yeah. up. Yeah. Proud let's take it, of them. Let's take it over to the men's team. Uh, and they lost that last game and didn't Mm -hmm. get to, uh, win the Sunbelt conference outright. And we thought, okay, now let's take that to the tournament. And, uh, they ran into a team that is hot, Texas state, and we lost 71 to 68. So let's talk about it. Five minutes and two seconds left in this game. Marshall was up 66 to 59. Mm-hmm. They had a um, win probability. You know, that's on that ESPN game cast of 89.7% at that mm-hmm. time. You're up seven. You just have to, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And Texas State finished on a 12-2 run and came back and beat us. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it happens. So, well, it does. And look, I'm going to be the bad guy because I'm not just going to sugarcoat it and be like, well, yeah. it's unfortunate. Because it is unfortunate. And I'm not trying to beat anybody when they're down, but let's look at it. Let's call it what it is. You have the opportunity to win the Sun Belt regular season right in front of you. You don't capitalize. Right. All right. And then you got an, a, two, a double bye. You get uh, Texas State who knocks out Old Dominion. And you're mm-hmm. thinking, oh, man. Okay. Well, this is a much more favorable matchup because you've already beaten Texas State by, mm-hmm. what was it, maybe like nine or ten points early in their house earlier mm-hmm. in the season. And you're thinking, okay, feeling pretty good about how this is shaping up. Mm-hmm. And you're unable to capitalize on this one, too. And Texas State, dude, they had one, two, they had five scores in double figures. Mm-hmm. Five. Five scores in double figures. Uh, Harrell led the way. He hit the clutch shot with just a couple of seconds left over top of uh, Hanlockton. Like to yeah. put to put them up by three with like five seconds left, but it was much more than that. That guy was yeah. in the zone in much of the late second half of that game. Uh, he was just if he wasn't hitting shots, he was facilitating shots. And I remember mm-hmm. one in particular where they had him boxed in on the baseline behind yeah. the freaking basket, and he stepped through Hanlogden and maybe Obina to find an open uh, man under the basket for an easy layup. And I thought, yeah. damn man, this guy's hemmed up, and he still found a way. They they had him uh, pinned down there about three or four different possessions, and uh, he was able to get the ball back out. Never a turnover. Yeah, he was so, falling out of bounds on one of those. And so so let me say some of these things to say this: Does this right. mean that I don't love this team? Absolutely not. Am I still proud as hell of them? You damn right, I'm proud as hell of them. Yeah. What it is 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 a, a, incredibly unfortunate because they were talented, very talented, mm-hmm. and now we'll not get to see. A guy like Tavion Kinsey coupled with Andy Taylor and Kerfman in the tournament, you mm-hmm. know, in, in March to where they could go in and maybe do what John Elmore and those guys did and shock somebody and be like, whoa, yeah. look at these guys. So it's unfortunate. You end the, you end the, you're a 24 and eight team and you lose on a two game losing streak. Rough. It's rough. So mm-hmm. they went cold at the wrong time. They, they, they got out of sorts a little bit and it just didn't work. I, yep. I think I think we made the conscious decision to try to slow down the game at some point late in the game, and it didn't work. It backfired. Yeah, it just did. And so, there was a couple different situations. I mean, earlier in the game, um, this was uh, before Marshall made a, a run. I think they were down by nine or something mm-hmm. uh, to Texas State. At that time, Texas State was fifteen out of twenty, seventy-five percent from the floor, and then they started missing and we came back and you're like, okay, well they just came back down to earth. But at the end of the game, they just could not miss everything that they were, they were putting up. They were well-defended shots and they were, I mean, you know, Connor couldn't have defended any better on that three pointer uh, hand in the face, almost got the ball and the guy shot it over top of a six foot eight long wingspan, Jacob Connor for a clutch three. You mentioned Harold with that shot overhand Logton. That was one of the highest arcing twos I've ever seen. Yeah, could have easily hit rim and and ironed out, but yeah. it fell. It fell. And you might think to yourself, "Wow, it was okay? Was this the same old Marshall stat line to where they just get dominated on the boards?" And I, no, Marshall actually out rebounds Texas State. They shoot forty five percent from three point range and uh, almost forty five percent from the floor. Mm-hmm. The problem is Texas State was even hotter from the floor. Now, not yeah. so much from behind the arc, but they shot 52, almost 53%. Yeah. And it was 
this much. And, you know, folks were tweeting after the game, this, that, and the other, and their feelings, and I get it. It sucks. You lose whatever. And somebody tagged us in a tweet, and my response was, it just goes to show how razor thin your margin of error can be yeah. when one team is hitting shots and getting second chances. And that's what was happening. They were getting yeah. second chances in the second half, you know, when it really mattered. Those balls were bouncing too Texas State and they were getting a second and sometimes a third opportunity before a shot would fall so I can't I'm not upset at the refereeing I, th I there's no argument that you can right. make that they took this away from the herd Marshall just did not do enough to get the win that's it you, you know it's interesting you said second chance uh because I always look at that um stat sheet that comes mm -hmm. out everything and they only had Texas State on this stat sheet as having two points on second chance points. So and some would, came from third chance points, I guess that must not. <laughs> I, I would like to know how those are, are counted because I can remember on some possessions, they got three offensive rebounds. Yeah. I would still call that a second chance. Of course. Um, you know, and, but points in the paint, they had 40 points. Uh, mm -hmm. They, they just seemed to, uh, find that guy, you know, or it was a putback that was needed. And, you know, some, we just couldn't capitalize. It, it sucks, but we didn't play bad. We didn't crap the bed. No, they just uh, played better. They played better. And these things are going to happen. And I've seen, man, how often do you see, especially on social media and especially on something like Twitter, where you can not have to put your real name, you know, mm -hmm, so you mm -hmm. can just say whatever you want. But, um, uh, there's been people on there sarcastically saying, Oh, I I can't wait till Danny comes back and we should sign him, but they're saying it sarcastically. Uh, did you watch the same games that I watched this year where we had one of the most fun teams I can ever recall and where we were winning those games? And I don't know. I just, I hated it. I hated it so bad that I immediately we we had plans to go out for our, our anniversary dinner last night, you know, because mm -hmm. we probably won't be able to get to next weekend. Um, and we were waiting until the game was over to go do that. Mm -hmm. And I immediately I was just like, well, and I didn't think about it the rest of the night. Yeah, right. I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to because I didn't want it to ruin, you know, because I loved this team so much and I have every faith in the world. Uh, with uh, Dan D'Antoni. I have every faith in these players. Um, they just got outplayed late in the game by a team that shot as hot as you're going to see. Was, yeah, they were hot. They were a buzzsaw. We ran into a buzzsaw. Yeah. How many times has a team run into us and we were the buzzsaw? And if you look you know? at Texas State and you look at South Alabama and the way that they have played down the stretch and especially in this tournament, those are two hot, hot teams mm -hmm. right now. And South Alabama absolutely waxed the number one team, Southern Miss. Right. And sometimes it happens. But if you go back and look uh, over their past, like 15 games or something, they've just been, been killing it. And sometimes you get hot. Texas State, I said, was a problem, you know, mm -hmm. going, going into this game. And I, I tweeted out um, from my personal account that I legit could see any of the eight teams before those uh, games were played, the quarterfinals, I could see any of those eight teams winning, and it would not shock me. And Texas State was one of those teams, and they came out, and they just they got up early, uh, and then 
after we came back and we got up, they didn't give up. Just like we talked about the girls for Marshall never giving up. Mm-hmm. They came in, they came in, I mean, down seven, down nine. They just chipped away at it and went on a run. They were hot. Yeah, there's nothing you can take away from them. I mean, yeah. the, you just can't. It sucks. But, you know, look at look at other teams that were upset. Southern Miss, you just mentioned Southern Miss. Look at they come in as the number one overall seed. They get bounced. Yeah. Right? Uh, Old Dominion was as hot as a team could be to close out the season because they beat both us and, what was it, Southern Miss to close out the regular season. And then they go in and get bounced by this Texas State team. So it's uh, it's all about everybody wants the upsets in March until you're the one that gets upset. Yeah. And and then you want to find a reason why somebody sucks. Yeah. You, but your head coach just goes out and doubles the win total from the year before. And you're like, all right, I've had enough of this guy. You know, and so I've seen some folks are mad because he has admitted, like, I'm not going to go out and build a team through the transfer portal. That's not what mm-hmm. I want to do. Yeah. And they're mad at that. Where did Han Logden come from? Freshman of the year. Did he come from the transfer portal? Of course not. He came from traditional high school recruiting, and our staff went and found him and brought him to Huntington, West Virginia, and he's Mm -hmm. Sunbelt freshman of the year. And you're mad because you don't want to build your team through the transfer portal. You go out and you get Kerfman, who was a legitimate need, a shooter. We needed a shooter, Mm -hmm. a bona fide, established, legitimate shooter. I can understand that. You go find a piece. You don't go Mm -hmm. try to find five pieces and build a team. Yeah. That's not no. what you do. So now we see, I guess, if if there's a postseason opportunity. Um, I said before, you know, the NCAA tournament is is a zero percent shot. The NIT is probably going to be a near zero shot. Yeah. If Marshall would have won a game or two in this Sunbelt Conference, they probably would have had a legitimate opportunity. Yeah. Southern Miss, we know, is going because they won the regular season title. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It, it'll be up to them if they want to – pay for play and since Tavion set the record I don't see them doing that. Yeah. I don't the, see them doing that. the benefit is you may get a home game. Well, uh, you can buy a home game. You can. Right. Yeah. So, if you want one more for Tavion at home just to send him out and, you know, yeah. then okay, I get it. Uh but other than that to have this be a home game uh for potential games that we're talking about, you have more practice time, more playing together, that sort of thing to kind of get an early uh, start on the off season, you know, to where you get, I mean, not an early start, you know what I mean? Yeah. Organize games and everything to, to kind of augment that off season work that you're going to have. I don't know that it's worth it, you know, risking injury or something like that, you know? Well, okay. That aside, what what's the goal here? What, what, let's say you, you know, you buy into the Russ Living Good Invitational, which and, would be a really good invitation, and, <laughs> and you don't win it. So mm-hmm. then what do you do? You open up that can of worms, like, well, this team can't even win this because right. I, why, why, why? You know, they had a great season. Why can't we just be a little upset that we got bounced early from the tournament and look back and go 24 and eight is a great season? That's yeah. a great season, great you know, season. and all these individual accolades, all these team accolades, all this stuff. It's just we came up short. Couple of points away from winning the conference uh, outright. Yeah, there are a handful of teams that end the season on a win. A handful. One wins it all. One wins the NIT, and a couple of them win those pay-for-play tournaments. And unless you win your final game and don't, you're you're in one of those conferences that not everybody gets in the conference tournament. You're going to end with a loss. That's just how it is. So. I don't know. I don't know what you. I don't make these. That's why I'm. I'm. I don't get paid to make these decisions. I just. 
talk about them for free. That's what I do. Well, that's it for around the herd. All right. Well, basketball season's over. It was a lot of fun. It was. I, I it sure hope that. Let me. No. No. Look, look. It ain't over yet. So let's talk about this. Let's get. I'm going to give my pitch of why I really hope Andy Taylor comes back for another year because he's so damn fun, man. You know, and and he had such a great year this year, and Tavion was so great, and and everything seemed to be slightly more focused on Tavion because what he could have potentially accomplished and did. He needed 16 to surpass John Elmore. He got 18, right? So, but Andy's so great. I hope he comes back so that he gets his flowers and can be celebrated and, and prove that he can do it you know, without a player like Tavion as an accent or, or, or the one, two punch or whatever you want to call it. I would love for him to come back and just show like, I'm, I'm just a straight up, great basketball player in my own right, you know? Um, and I hope Micah is here for another three years, if not more. And, and Kerfman, the whole, all of them, I want them back. Cause I think they can make some noise. I think they can, you know? Mm-hmm. So now we can be done. I just wanted to, I just wanted to give my quick 30 second pitch for Andy Taylor to come back and, and basically just selfishly let me enjoy him play basketball in a herd uniform for another year. Yeah. So you got anything? I do. I just want to talk uh, for the benefit of the viewers that are watching this over on YouTube. And if you're listening, make sure that you go over to YouTube, but you'll notice clue number two. We're doing one clue a week for this big announcement that we have and see if anybody can figure it out. And it's up here to view. And then I will also post it after this episode is uploaded. There will be a photo of the chalkboard and it will be at hashtag TC chalkboard. And I will say that we've had a few people in the DMs already making some guesses, and you do get more than one guess. You don't yep. just like once and you're out. So yep. um, nobody's right. <laughs> Nobody has been right. I, I need to tell you, I mean, you know. Yeah. But this is going to be hard. I, yeah. You know, I'm not, uh, you know how hard it is. And, uh, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not making it easy. You know, I, I'm not going to, let's say that I'm not going to, um, it's not know, a gimme guys. It's not yeah, a gimme. I, I'm not going to spend what is going to be seven weeks of clues and then reveal on the eighth week and have it be something that 80 people are going to guess on week one. Right. You know? So let me say put your, this. Put your thinking caps on. He gave me all the clues and was like, are these too hard? And I knew the answer, and I still couldn't figure out the clues. <laughs> yes, it's hard. <laughs> now, what, granted, solving riddles I... is, is not my strong suit, but still, he gave me the answers to the test, and I still couldn't pass the damn thing. What can I say? I'm a sucker for a mystery. I and, got that uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, you got that right. I didn't get it right. I got it wrong as hell. But anyway. Um, so hashtag TC chalkboard. Um, I will, uh, you know, I will go as far to say that, uh, whoever gets this will be pleased mm-hmm. and, uh, it, it'll, it will be worth it. It'll be worth the work, but that's all you're getting out of me. I will easily screw up and give away something I shouldn't give away. So I'm just going to stop talking. Russ, if you got nothing else, take us the heck out of here. Yeah, whether you see us at the cam, whether you see us at the Joan, whether you see us writing a uh, mystery on a chalkboard that probably won't be solved, no matter where you see us, we're going to be saying go herd. Get your asses to the dot. We'll see you next week. Later. Later.